Help defend the church by becoming a supporter of Family Life International. Your contributions enable us to continue our work to promote the faith, defend the family and promote the sanctity of life. Make a real difference today. Go to www.familyandlife.org.uk slash donate. Ave Maria. Ave Maria. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of thy faithful and kindle in them the fire of thy love. Send forth thy spirit, and they shall be created, and thou shalt renew the face of the earth. Let us pray, O God, who by light of the Holy Spirit did instruct the hearts of the faithful, grant by the same Spirit. May be truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolation through Christ our Lord. Amen. Saint Thomas Aquinas, who is known for his wisdom, but above all for his clarity of thought, says that what is first thought of is the last thing that's executed. In other words, if you, want, if you want to do something, you have to make preparations for it. So to give you an example, our Lord, speaking in the Gospels, tells us, which one of you wanting to build a tower would not first sit down, calculate how much it would cost, and then begin to build. So the first thought is to build a tower and the last thing you do is to actually build it. Equally, we think of the building of the temple in Jerusalem where David wanted to build the temple but because his hands had shed so much blood it was not allow God did not allow him to build the the temple, but rather his son Solomon. And so what did David do? He made the preparations. He got the gold, the silver, the bronze, the metals, the lead, the wood, the stone, the craftsmen. He had them all ready. And then the work of building the temple was that of Solomon. The end was a temple glorious to be seen from the description given to it by scripture and by the secular authors. So the first idea, the idea we have, we need to make preparation to complete it. And of course, since we're made in the image and likeness of God, we should think that God also works in that way. Not that he needs to, but that we might understand what he's doing. And so when we read the book of Genesis, the first chapter, we see that God takes six days to build this world. Already the angels had been created. The, the book of Genesis begins, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. We're not told how the heavens were created, 
but we're certainly told how the earth was created. In other words, the visible creation, us. So what did he do? First of all, he said, let there be light. And there was light, and God separated the light from the darkness. The light he called day, the darkness night, the first day. So on that first day, light is created, day and night, as well as time, because now we have the counting of days. And on the second day, we read that God created space. There was the, the waters above and the waters below. And then the third day, the earth comes out of the waters. So there's land and there's sea. Now, we're told that the earth was a formless void. It had no shape and it was empty, void. But now it has shape because we have the land, we have the sea, we have the heavens. It needs to be populated. So on the fourth day, God created the fish and the birds. So the seas now a teeming of life and so are the skies. So that's on the fifth day. On the fourth day, God created the heaven, God created the, the sun, the moon, the stars. So he's decorated them. And then the vegetation on the earth. On the fifth day, he creates the fish and the birds. The sixth day, God created the land animals. And last of all, he took the slime of the earth and he formed the body of the man. He breathed into his nostrils and we're told the man became a living being. And each day after God had completed his work, he said it was good. Then God planted the garden and he brought the man into the garden to work the garden, to cultivate it, and to guard it. And it was good. So what was God doing? And the answer so far is very clear and simple. That God's last work was the creation of man. So all things were made for him, Adam. Time, space, light, the land, all the animals, the birds, the fish were all made for him and it was good. So we can say that God's original purpose was the creation of man and that he prepared everything so that the man could be in a place that was good. But then God said, it is not good that the man should be alone. That's the first time God says something is not good. The man should be alone. And God said, I will make a helpmate for him. And the animals are gathered and Adam is asked to name them. But we told among none of the animals could a helpmate suitable be found. 
So what did God do? God continues with his creation, or does he? Whereas up to this point, everything is new in as much as it is created, but God does something different this time. We could call it surgery. The man is put to sleep. That's what we do before surgery. And then God takes a rib and he forms a woman. And God brings a woman to the man and the man says, here at last is flesh of my flesh, bone of my bone. She is to be called woman because she's taken out of man. And God's creation was complete. So we see that God's purpose from the very beginning was the creation of man and woman. But the woman was a special creation because she wasn't taken out of nothing other than the flesh of the man. Whereas the fish, the birds, the beasts of the earth were taken out of the soil and even the man himself, though he had the breath of God, but the woman was different. She was taken from the man. And so we have this incredible revelation. What is God doing? Man is taken from the soil of the earth, outside of the garden. The woman, not so. The woman is taken from the flesh of the man, inside of the garden. And this gives us an indication of the elevated position of the woman in God's mind. How so? We know because the woman is going to be called mother of all those who live. In other words, she is to be the matrix, the source of life. And not just biological life, but of divine life, supernatural life. Because all of her children are to be made in the image and likeness of God. For instance, when she gives birth to her, her son, her first son, she says to Adam, I have begotten a male child by the help of the Lord. In other words, it is not my work that has brought forth this child, but God's himself. So that God is at work in every fruitful womb. And so we see then that the woman is, in fact, there were, I was going to say factory, but that's not the word I want. The woman is the workplace of God. The woman's womb and every womb of the, every woman is the workplace of God himself. You can see now how terrible it is that the womb should be violated and that the work of God which has been placed in the womb in every conceived child, if this work of God in the womb is destroyed, it's an attack on God himself. 
So in God's mind, the woman was to be the jewel in the crown of creation. Now we're not told about the creation of the angels, and it's appropriate here that we should speak of the angels in this church, Mary, Queen of Angels. God created the angels out of nothing, spiritual beings. Because they were free, because they were rational, intelligent, he needed to test their loyalty, just as he tested the loyalty of Adam. Would Adam obey? He tested their loyalty. The details we do not know, but again, we can speculate from the little material we have in Scripture. It is believed by some of the fathers of the church that the test of the angels was they would have to worship the divine nature under the appearance of human nature. In other words, God had revealed to them that he would take to himself human nature. In other words, God was going to have a mother. And some of the angels could not tolerate this. How could you take a nature so vastly inferior to us and we must worship you under that form? Don't think that this is extraordinary. Aren't we asked to worship God, Christ Jesus, under the appearance of bread? Bread is inferior to us, it's not even conscious. Yet we do believe that God is present under the appearance of bread and wine. And we bend our knee and we adore him. So God asked the angels to do the same. Adore me under the appearance of human nature. Adore me as man. And the angel said, no, I will not serve you. And that was the beginning of the rebellion in heaven. There was a great battle, as we know, from the apocalypse. And Lucifer is cast out by Michael and his angels. And he comes down to earth, and he now has an enemy, the woman. And so, adopting the appearance, the form, the shape of a serpent, he enters the garden. He does not attack Adam. He attacks the woman. He seduces the woman. Because he recognizes that if God is to have a mother, it must be the woman. And so he seduces her, tempting her to disbelieve God. Did God really say you shouldn't eat any of the trees, of the fruit of the trees in the garden? And the woman said, no, God said we must not eat God said we can eat of all except the tree in the middle, lest we die, which is not what God said. God didn't say less. God said you will die. And she said perhaps we will die. And she ate and brought disaster 
we know the sequel. The Redeemer was promised. God asked Adam, what have you done? And Adam, the woman you gave me, gave me to eat, I ate. And God asked the woman, the serpent beguiled me, fooled me, deceived me, and I ate. And God turns to the serpent, I'll put enmity between you and the woman, because you have declared war on the woman. Therefore, I will put an enmity so that she will crush your head. And so this woman, who had been in God's mind from the very beginning, from all eternity, who was to be his mother, was the reason that God created all these things, of which we are participants. And so in the fullness of time, the woman appears. The woman who had been prophesied, I'll put enmity between you and the woman. And this is the battle in which today we are engaged. We are children of that woman. We read in the book of the Apocalypse that a great sign appeared in the heavens, a woman clothed with the sun, standing on the moon, a crown of 12 stars. She is in labor and the dragon appears to devour her child and the child is taken up to heaven. The woman escapes. We're told the dragon went to make war on all, on the rest of her offspring, that is, on all those who believe in Jesus, her son. So we now are the offspring of that woman, the woman who is truly mother of the living. Eve, yes, received the title, but not properly, because she could She's more accurately described as the woman, the, the mother of all those who are going to die. But Mary, because she is given life, is properly described as the mother of all those who live because they believe in her son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to whom be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. This MP3 recording has been made available by Family Life International. Help us to make many more available in order to promote our Catholic faith. Go to www.familyandlife.org.uk and donate today. Mm -hmm.